Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Oh, and welcome. What a podcast it is this week. We've got lots of UCL live item promo chat. Yes, the new UCL promo is out and it's a good one. So we've got Matt Foot training in to talk about that and Black Friday. We've got the Foot coach to discuss my weekend league finish because I went from gold two to elite three. So I've got a few tips to share with you all, which certainly don't require sort of F2 text levels of FIFA ability. I'm your host and a free agent, Ben, and you're listening to the Foot Weekly podcast on Foothead and all your usual podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to week nine of the Foot Weekly podcast. And this week I'm joined by Matt Foot Trading. Hello, Matt. Hello, Ben. Good to be back on. Yeah, nice to have you on. Are you completing some kind of achievement? Because this is my hat yeah. trick, so I'm expecting you know a t-shirt or yeah. Well, Andy, Andy wanted post. like a match ball or something. Yes, yes. Please, with your face on. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, great to uh, have you here as well. The foot tactician, or should I say, foot coach? Yep, I'm now on Twitter at the Foot Coach, mm. and uh, yeah, good to be back. I'm uh, I'm much like kickoff goals. No matter what you do, you can't. Get rid of <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we'll probably talk about that a bit later. In fact, we're going to have a slightly different podcast layout this week because normally we talk about kind of players specifically and a bit of trading and team of the week and all that in the second half. But we're probably going to do that in the first half for a very special reason this week. For now, although we want to talk about the UCL promotion i guess we've had over the past week excitement includes the champions league theme tune playing when you get a walkout which is quite fun but uh, also a load of really interesting cards which essentially they're dynamic 
but they improve in quite a different way to your standard one-to-watch items, Matt. Yes, and firstly, I did not know the Champions League theme playing when you uh, got a walkout. Just shows my pack like this. <laughs> um, the way they upgrade, so it's it's a bit unique, you know. Obviously, with like normal ones-to-watch items, they've got a chance of upgrading every week, but with Champions League items, they get specifically upgraded when their team progresses to like the next stage of the Champions League. So. For example, like if Liverpool get to like the semi-finals, Fabinho would probably go from an 86 to an 87 to an 88, and then maybe to an 89 if uh, if Liverpool progress to the uh, it's like the quarterfinals of the Champions League. So it's not so much just around the sort of specific player now; it's instead based around how the overall team performs in the competition, which is really interesting. Steve, you're not involved in training so much, but. Why do you think that might be? It sounds like I'm a teacher or something. Why do you think that might be especially interesting and make things a bit different? I think it gives the uh, the added element of engaging people with real-life football. So if they're to invest in a certain card, they can obviously support that team through the stages mm. of, of the Champions League or, or if they fall out of the Champions League, obviously the uh, the Europa League. Um, so I think it's, it's great in terms of engaging people with, with real-life football and... You know, a lot of people who play FIFA, they're not particularly attached to a certain team. Mm. So it, it may give added value in that sense. Yeah, I think a few people, Americans, were kind of saying, you know, I don't have a European team I support. Or maybe they don't have a sort of really ever had a specific team they support that much. And you know, I guess they can pick up a uh, Davinson Sanchez or or Alexis Sanchez or one of the other Sanchez's that <laughs> are in this team of the week. Um, and There are several Sanchez, Sanchez yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in this team of the week and, and they can then support that team, which is quite quite exciting and what i find quite fascinating matt and you'll probably um really get into this this year is how you know with the two-legged nature of a champions league match you could potentially yeah. have the psg barcelona situation where yeah exactly um, which actually point. you know i think it was yasir was saying on twitter i think it was yasir is a live content producer for ea so will have been heavily involved in this was kind of saying that's one of the inspirations for this because obviously imagine that game where psg were well, looking like they were absolute nailed on um, winners of that tie after the first leg. PK, for example, uh, you know, he he would have been really, really low because nobody was ever going to expect Barcelona to progress and him to get the upgrade. Um, admittedly, he's probably the worst, one of the worst players in this team because he's, yeah. he's probably the only one, yeah, what, the only player below seventy pace in the team. Um, um, I think he is. Yeah, it's yeah. a pretty quick team actually. But yeah, he'd be really low, and then obviously going into the second leg really unexpectedly shoot up massively in price. So I guess that's going to be quite an interesting little um, little trick to be to be able to do in, in the trading kind of community. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, building on that point as well, you know, it could also work very nicely with like the, the knockout stage draws, for example. So, you know, if Liverpool or, you know, if Man City, they get drawn against, you know, no offence to Ajax fans out there if you're a, you're a supporter, but if they get drawn against Ajax, for example, mm. some might see that as quite an easy draw, you know, might increase the likelihood of, of them progressing to the next stage. So that could potentially, you know, boost the price of, of the Man City live items up for a little amount of time, yeah. you know, and then, you know, could also work on the flip side, you know, if someone gets, you know, if you know, Porto get drawn against Bayern, for example. Maybe that Alex Tellez card maybe falls down in value because people don't think that Porto can go and beat Bayern. So I think, yeah, it does, you know, offer a lot more sort of different, you know, types of uh, 
sort of periods in which we can, you know, make quick profits from mm. sort of flipping the cars and investing in them, um, which is always good. You know, I'm a trader. We always like to find new sort of opportunities to make coins on FIFA. And these certainly provide us with that. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm a happy chap. Matt, are we, are we talking about trading here or are we, are we talking perhaps about gambling? <laughs> I mean that that's the way you want to look at it, you know. Do you want to bank on uh on someone getting an easy run through the uh through the Champions League or do you go and uh you know try and act quickly when the the actual draws are announced? That's the uh, that's the thing. You know, you're bound to get the sort of the the riskier investors that are like, "Nah, okay. Man City, they're a, they're a force either way whether they get a good team or a bad team, they're going to progress." And then you're going to get the people that they want to wait until, you know, we see what the draws are like to then go and make their moves. So I think it's interesting from both perspectives, whether you want to call it, you know, quote unquote, gambling of, uh, you know, whether the draws are going to be favourable or not, or whether you want to wait and see what the uh, the actual draws are like. So I, I like it either way. I like it either way. And we should say like some of the upgrades these players will get if they do go to a final. And when I say A-final, I'm saying A-final because they could also go to the Europa League final. Yes, yeah. um, and they'll get upgrades on their way to that, which is particu- particularly interesting for the likes of, I guess, Fabinho, who could end up in the Europa League, but with Liverpool having a way better chance of getting to the final in that yeah, rather exactly. than in the, the Champions League. So it would almost boost his value if they dropped into the Europa League yeah. um, without actually maybe many people realising, so that'd be kind of interesting. Um, but the other thing is that uh, obviously, there are well, you know you were, Steve was talking about gambling, but there'll be plenty of ways which I'm sure traders will use to kind of not gamble essentially and make quite kind of solid um, yeah. ways of trading with them. You know, like the whole thing with one to watch is not performing and then buying them. Yeah. I imagine when a team gets knocked out, there'll be a panic sell, um, especially if it's you know last minute in a game or something like that, and those players really are still good cards they've been upgraded already this team's already an upgraded team and yep. they probably would have already had upgrades so you imagine some of the more useful players could see a significant drop when they go out even though they're quite valuable you know someone like i'm thinking someone like sanchez who's probably one yeah. of the best sorry davinson sanchez, yeah, sanchez, sanchez who's probably one of the best center backs in the premier league if not the best yeah um, for sure for sure you know he could see a real jump yep that's a that's a really good point. You know, they are informs after all. I know they've got the the shiny card design, but they are upgrades from their base cards. So, you know, people are still going to want to pay you know the extra money for like a Davinson Sanchez, even if he does get knocked out, uh, because mm. he's probably going to be the best version of that card throughout the entire year. You know, centre backs aren't tip nor you know necessarily the easiest position to get upgraded. Um, mm. So yeah, if there there could be good opportunities to sort of like buy in after you know panic selling and then you know flip after awards or whatever um mm. so yeah good opportunities either way so, some of these cards they look like ridiculously good value to me right now i mean i've i've been grinding the uh the jonathan tar weekly objective okay and i bought a sanchez the renato variety i think there's three isn't it in the yeah. uh in the team i bought renato sanchez he's currently 132,000 on ps4 118 yeah. on xbox and his stats are ridiculous you, you slap a shadow on him and He's kind of, if people think back to, uh, to FIFA 16 and FIFA 17 when he was really overpowered, yeah, yeah. He's, he's way beyond that. I mean, with the stats we're talking about, 96 acceleration, this is with a shadow, by the way, 96 acceleration, 91 sprint speed, 82 interceptions, 94 aggression, 90 stamina. And, and this card's going for 132,000 right now, and he's guaranteed to be upgraded because Bayern Munich aren't just going to fall out of European competition at this stage. It, it, it just seems like a no-brainer to pick one up. 
No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And this is, you know, one of the big questions that sort of people are asking me and sort of every possible Twitter trader there is. Um, you know, these cards, they're going to be getting massive upgrades throughout the season, especially players like Renato Sanchez, who play for like a good team. The issue is, is the longevity of, you know, that card that you're going to have to hold to see like these big upgrades, you know. Yes, this Renato Sanchez could very easily go to like an 87 or 88 if Bayern get to like the quarters, the semis, which they're very likely to do. But you've got to think both, am I going to be using a Renato Sanchez for that length of time? Is his price potentially going to come down before he gets one of these big upgrades? You know, we've got Black Friday upcoming, then, you know, in probably three, four weeks after that, you've got or no, only a couple of weeks after that, you've got the the whole Futmus promotion and then you've got like Team of the Year and that kind of thing. So there's a potential for this card to come lower while he's still only like an 81 or potentially an 84 if we see an upgrade, you know, in the next sort of month or so. So that's the only reason why I'd potentially say maybe steer clear for now because there's probably going to be an opportunity to buy back for cheaper in the next few weeks while he's still the same rating. I think that's a really good point and it's something we always discuss the idea that in the early stages of the game and we're kind of still there there aren't that many players out there that people can kind of pick and especially meta players or players that they want to use and fit into their teams and 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 so the price of new cards onto the market is particularly high I think at this stage and then once we see alternatives coming into the game as time goes on and those these cards I think will probably get forgotten about around Christmas um, and into January especially come team of the year time when you've still got maybe a month to go until the competition starts up again because there's this weird, like, long period in, in between the group stage and the start of the knockout phase. So I could really see someone like, I don't know, Damison Sanchez, or maybe Ronaldo Sanchez, well, anyone really, I mean, actually being much lower, as you're saying, like, around that time. But then, of course, I suppose, if there's if this is someone you want to use regularly and they're going to improve your team significantly, then he, he Renato Sanchez, for example, does look really good um, and he's going to improve a team. So maybe he's worth that. But it's, it, to me, I, I, it's interesting because Steve said, Seems like good value, but I I don't know. I, I kind of feel like a lot of these players are quite expensive. Can I just interject a second? Um, if anybody wants to buy a UCL Live Renato Sanchez, this <laughs> one newly listed on the market, um, it's got Shadow Chem style, uh, 99 contracts, 99 fitness, and it's 135,000. <laughs> well, we want to talk about Black Friday as well, really, Matt, don't we? Because yeah. that's probably playing into the, some of these player prices a little bit, you know. Um, mm. I actually think someone like Davidson Sanchez, if you compare him to Van Dyke in form, it's actually yeah. quite quite a difference. I mean, 160k for Davinson Sanchez yeah. and Van Dyke's like 169k. No, for sure. They like some some play, like Davinson to be honest, Davinson looks like he's not a terrible price because he's you know, he's a he's a very very in demand card. I think his UCL card, you know, before we had all the SBCs requiring them was, you know, he was relatively expensive. I think he was around the 150 mark and that was like a few weeks ago. Um I don't know, it's a tricky one. Because I think for some defenders that aren't likely to get upgraded throughout the year, that play for good teams like that PK, for example, they're not bad. Okay, they're not bad looks. They are pretty much guaranteed upgrades. But I don't know. I don't know. I just don't love them right now. I think they're going to come down before they rise again because of the amount of time we're going to have to wait on those upgrades. Um, But yeah, I'd also sort of want to throw in... Do we know what actually happens if they get an in-form card outside of the Champions League? I don't think it affects the UCL live items. No, no, it doesn't. So that is, again, you're right, worth considering. 
and like presumably that upgrade goes on top of the UCL card. Uh, so like, I don't. I think it would just be on the normal card. But the way this works, anyway, I think they'd get a an inform that would be the same rating as the UCL live item because the UCLs the effect effectively an inform upgrade on the regular card already. If that makes sense. So mm-hmm. yeah. So that's something else we've got to consider, you know, if, if like Griezmann gets an inform, for example, that goes to a 90 rating, is he going to be, you know, 1.1 million? Probably mm. not. He'll probably be closer to sort of like maybe 800, 900k. So that's another thing we've got to, we've got to start to consider, you know, if, if some players start to get informs that, you know, potentially might surpass the, the Champions League item, you know, what happens to the, you know, the UCL live item in that, in that regard. So it's... It's interesting. I think that's that's all we can take away from it. It's all, it's a new, yeah, it's, it's a new promotion. It provides days. opportunities. It's yeah, it's early days. It's early days. So obviously, on top of this really quite good team, we've had four uh, SBCs for Europa League items. So we've had Marcus Alonso, Henrik Mkhitaryan, uh, more recently, and then before that, we've got Sergei Milinkovic Savic SMS and uh, Jonathan Tarr as well, um, which we'll discuss in a second. But I think it kind of caught the trading community and maybe just generally people by surprise the uh, player SBCs and the whole promotion in fact yeah I mean I think it's more so like we haven't seen a ridiculous amount of like player SBCs outside of like what we usually expect like player of the month and now these you know foot swap items and a few flashback cards and that so to have this many SBCs in such a short space of time you know for live items as well it's you know, it's it's not a curveball, but it's it's not really something that that we've seen too much of this year from EA. And I must say, some of the some of the investments that people have been making for them have been very very nice. Sort of like these these eighty four rated and uh, sort of like the UCL eighty fives, eighty fours, that kind of thing that are required in these SBCs. They have absolutely flown, absolutely flown, and that's really good for traders. That's brilliant. So, Steve, have you done any of these SBCs yet? Nope. Do you intend to do any of the SBCs? Nope. Not even the tar? <laughs> no. Oh well, yeah. That's not an SBC, is it? That's a that's a weekly well, objective. It is an SBC. Yeah, you still got SBC. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I, I am going to do it, but I. Yeah, no. I'll, I'll, I'm trying to grind out the weekly objective at the minute. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, it I is... think actually, I was wondering about this. Um, Matt might have a take on it. Um, I think people have been a lot more motivated to play division rivals this week to try and grind out for the Jonathan Tarr card. So people are going to be earning a lot more coins um, and they're going to be getting better rewards on Thursday. Would that affect the market? Um, potentially. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many people have been sort of grinding out division rivals specifically for that for that Jonathan Tarr card. I don't think it's going to be noticeable. I'd say. Um, I wouldn't say it's a noticeable increase. Um, You know, there might be a few more coins on the market, but I think, you know, weekend league rewards straight afterwards, you know, that's always quite a big sort of injection of coins into the market. Well, yeah, I mean, presumably we've had quite a lot of coins come off the market this week with the SBCs Mm. um, that have happened. Those three SBCs have I think been quite popular. I mean, we did a poll on our Twitter, which suggested that something like 40 odd percent of people who'd seen that poll, which is a few thousand, um, thought that actually they were going to do the Alonso SBC. And this is a 76 pace left back who in my book is not maybe even worth it. Even if he gets a 91 rated card um, for getting to the Europa League final. I know Steve, you also chimed in on Twitter and said it was a, 
a kind of crazy thing to do at this stage. Yeah, it's terrible. I don't understand it at all. <laughs> I don't know why people are doing it. You're mad. I, yeah. I think, you know, people see a 100k pack and all logic and, you know, sense of value mm. for their coins, it just goes out the window. They think, I'm going to be packing a Prime R9 in this pack, you know, nothing else. Um, mm. And, you know, it wasn't, it gave 135k in pack value. And when it was first released, I think it was only 100k, roughly, mm, to do. It was 150, maybe, I think. but Maybe a little bit less, I don't know. But, like, if people have, like, untradables in there and can get that cost down to, like... I said if they could get it done for, like, 75k, it's not terrible. Because, yeah, maybe, you know, yeah. Chelsea, you, think... you know, they're likely to go far in the Europa League. You know, bar a potential upset to maybe, like, someone like Sevilla or something. Mm. So, he was probably going to get, like, a minimum 88, 89 left back. You know, if you want to have that as maybe a cent- like a CDM super sub in your weekend league team, it's hmm. not not too bad. And you know, if you get lucky in the packs, it's not terrible. I just, but, know, I just feel like if I'm gonna have a, you know, is it is he currently is he'll get an upgrade presumably for getting out of the group stage or whatever. Yeah. But even then, I'd probably still take Mendy. I'd probably still take Inform Robertson, um, yeah. who is out right now. I don't really understand even the logic of like him as a player. Like he's not very agile he's yeah. not got good balance even if he had a 91 rated card you're only going to get that come team of the season anyway when there'll be probably be a better left back from the premier league in that team and even with the pace upgrades he's still going to be slower than erosion he's never going to be you know against the pacey wingers and that he's going to get murdered yeah i mean yeah. even in the current team of the week that we've had announced today you've got uh, andy robertson you know mm. he's 84 left back exactly the same better pace and he's probably going to be you know a better performer in game yeah, I think I think the only reason you know people are drawn to it is because of that hundred k pack. You know, I I haven't seen as many people you know talking about completing like the Mikatarian SBC or even the Malinkovic Savage SBC because of the pack rewards. You know, I think that's that's a big driver. And I wouldn't necessarily say the player itself is you know it comes into it. It's like a little like nice thing to get on the side. But I think people see a hundred k pack and you know it just it just goes out the window. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think also perhaps there was a kind of novelty value in that it was the first one that was bought out, so people didn't perhaps realise that other other cards were coming, and maybe they'd have saved their coins if uh, if they'd known what was on the horizon. Yeah, even though it said specifically in the uh, <laughs> in the info that uh, there would be four of these SBCs. Yeah, not not everybody reads the info, Ben. Yeah, that's they true. definitely don't. Um, <laughs> Nobody reads fact, the small print. People such as myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, well, it's probably time to move on to the final aspect of trading this week, which will be Black Friday, of course, which we've spoken about on the podcast before. Pretty exciting time for traders and players alike. And Steve, I know before we came on the podcast today, you were mentioning to Matt off air about how maybe uh, the market had already had its dip, perhaps. What was your kind of reasoning behind that? Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the uh, the index 100, um, which is obviously some sort of guide to market movements, if you take the index price on the 16th of October, it was up at 157 points. Mm. And since then, on the 11th of November, it dropped to 97 points. So we're talking about almost a third being wiped off the market value. And that's that's quite a sharp decline. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, all I will say is the index 100, and this is something that you know a lot of people use, not only traders, um, a lot of the FIFA community uses to like gauge where the overall market's been going all i would say is it's like 
it's an overall indication potentially, but it takes into account, you know, every single type of card. So while it may say that, you know, the market was at its lowest theoretically at, you know, 97 points at the weekend, it doesn't mean that every single card in the game was at its lowest point. So, for example, like if you're talking about like a, a striker Ronaldo, you know, CR7, you know, if you're looking at Messi, Mbappe, they're actually still relatively high and they weren't actually at their their lowest points around that time. Um, so I think people have just got to take it with a, a slight pinch of salt when looking at that kind of thing, because people have also been saying, you know, the market was at 97 points. Now it's at like 112 points. You know, why didn't I buy at the weekend, etc. But a lot of cards haven't actually risen, you know, mm. effectively, what is it, like 10, 20%. Um, you know, what that's caused by has been, you know, these SBCs that have pushed the price of, like, the low-end 84s that are used in SBCs up. They've pushed, you know, 84 informs up. They've pushed uh, some UCL cards up. Um, and that's obviously sort of, like, skewing the data to make it look like the market's actually risen a lot. Um, yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, if that makes sense. So like, no, that does make sense. So it's basically like the kind of players that you're looking to buy may well have not actually gone up, if that makes sense, because they are just been inflated by other things. Yeah, I mean, the the examples of those cards would be like, obviously like high-end meta cards, like you mentioned, like your Ronaldo's, your Messi's, your Mbappe's, that kind of thing. But also like prime icons, a lot of them still have to drop. Some of them are even still going up in places. Um so yeah, some of those we do still have to, you know, try and be a little bit patient on, try and wait it out to see if they do drop. So really, rather than focusing on the on the index one hundred, you're much better off focusing on the individual cards that you want to buy. Like if you've got an idea of the of the team that you want to put together yes. during the crash, Absolutely. you're better off focusing on the individual prices. Absolutely. Now, what I've done is I've made sort of concept squads, and you know I've been tracking the prices, you know, pretty much daily as to where these cards have been going. And I haven't seen big enough dips to sort of warrant me buying yet. You know, usually, you know, you look at, you know, Ronaldo from last year, he went from like around about the sort of like 1.9 to 2 mil mark. He went down to about 1.7, 1.8 mil. Whereas this year, he's he's barely dropped at all. You know, on some days he's even risen up. So the higher tier stuff hasn't dropped enough for me. Um, you know, some of the lower, like the really low stuff. So like if you want to look at like your, your Freds, you know, your Anthony Martial's, that kind of thing. Those have dropped significantly because a lot of people have been selling them. You know, people are getting more and more coins. They're starting to upgrade now to, you know, your Pogba's and your Mbappe's and your Kante's and that kind of thing. And those cards are sort of staying quite high. So we might see that we don't actually get, you know, a a market crash or a pre-crash until, you know, the first set of Black Friday lightning rounds or something like that, Um, Mm. which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's not happened for a little while, I guess. And... But I suppose I feel people do wise up to the market a bit year to year and maybe it's kind of time for that to happen, if you like. You know, things go in cycles and maybe this year that's what we'll see. Yeah, I think the the bad, the, not necessarily a bad assumption that people made, but an assumption they made was that sort of every year things start happening earlier because people look at lot, like past trends and, you know, they might panic sell a little bit earlier to avoid a potential, you know, imminent crash. But this year... You know, if we're, you know, waiting for a so-called pre-crash, it's actually coming a little bit later than mm. when, it, when it happened the year prior. So um, I, I think that's, it's good. It keeps it nice and fresh. And 
I think from a, a trader's perspective, it's it's always good to have these situations that you have to sort of adapt in, you know, and it separates the men from the boys, if you want to <laughs> put it that way. I don't know. So uh, talking of what to do around Black Friday and sorting the men from the boys, um, a particular question <laughs> that we've had in, which I guess you probably get a lot, is uh, Kyle asks, I've got 300k to invest how do I turn that into 400 to 500k it's during the, Black Friday? It is uh, he the clearly, best question. He clearly doesn't want any more than 500k, so be If you make him 600k, that's not on. He wants 500k uh, yeah, specifically. Make- <laughs> um, um, so yeah, but I know that is the kind of thing that a lot of people want to know. So it is the kind of thing people are, are kind of talking about, I guess, around now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what I'll say, I'm going to talk specifically about like during Black Friday. I'm not going to talk about leading up to it because, you know, by the time this podcast has been released, you know, we might have had like big like Black Friday market crash videos or, you know, the market mm. might have reacted a little bit differently. So I'm going to talk, sort of, like try and say what to do during Black Friday. Um, so basically what you need to be doing is you have to understand during Black Friday on, you know, Black Friday itself and on Cyber Monday, we get... Uh, big like lightning rounds which are sort of like flash uh, pack sales you know have like 100k packs 50k packs 125k packs um, typically with like a global limit for one hour and what that does is it gets a lot of people opening packs in a short space of time and you can pick up some very good deals on you know your cards like Fabinho's I mean if you want to go sort of like the lower end stuff you can get on the snipes during that as well pick up some very very good deals and then typically you know if you want to wait like maybe a week after Black Friday or even sometimes only a few days after the promotion what happens is you have people sort of spending those coins and uh, that typically tends to rise the price of like these you know weekend league demanded players so my advice would be get on you know your your weekend league demanded players they're always very very nice little investments during lightning rounds um mm-hmm. look at the team of the week that will have impacts as i know team of the week 10 last year it, it screwed a lot of people over but you know, always look at the lower end stuff because they will tend to rise, whether it be for SBCs or, you know, if there's a few little like gems in there, um, they will rise up nicely. So weekend lead demanded players, current team of the week, maybe some cards used in SBCs as well. So like your 84s, your 85s, maybe some like special cards if they drop down low enough to maybe like discard. They're always good looks. And that should hopefully take your 300k to uh, 500k, potentially even 600k. Let's hope. Oof. Uh, within <laughs> dangerous territory within uh, sort of a few days of that Black Friday promotion. So as Matt brings those Black Friday insights to a close, we also bring the first half of this podcast to a close. Plenty more coming up, including how I went from Gold 2 to Elite 3 in the Weekend League. See you in just a second. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hey guys, it's Wayback HD here, and you're listening to the Foot Weekly Podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, there are, of course, many ways to subscribe. And one of those is Spotify. Just go to the Spotify app and type in Foot Weekly to find us. Hit subscribe and you'll have all our podcasts when they come out. Welcome back from the break, everybody. It was a very rewarding break for me. Um, Very handy to get those tips from Matt on how to make five million during the Black (laughs) Friday crash. How was your break, Matt? 
Oh, that's fantastic. Even better than the uh, the first two breaks I've had on the uh, on the pod. <laughs> Third one was the best. And also in the second half of the show, we welcome back Ben, who this week is doubling up as our elite player. So welcome back, Ben. Um, yeah. We're all dying to find out how you managed to make the leap from gold gold three was it, i believe into the elite rankings yeah yeah well no, i was i got gold two a few times and then got elite last weekend league, which is quite a big jump actually and, and i don't think i've got elite in the time that weekend league has been uh, in existence essentially but one of the things i was thinking is actually the things that i did to kind of achieve elite i feel are things that don't require some kind of crazy ability at the game and one of the big things is tactics and, and Steve you're on of course and we thought we'd discuss this but actually links quite well with a question that Schmid a listener to the podcast had which was about how game plans are used to kind of change the game because I think there's an assumption from some people that maybe game plans are for changing your tactics so changing your pressing changing your defensive line and those kind of things but actually I was mainly using it to have a couple of different formation options while I was playing so I could adapt to the system that my opponent was playing is that something you do steve or like do you tend to keep it quite straightforward it's something that i've started doing more recently um i kind of fell into that trap of of basically continuing the the pattern that had been set before where ultra attacking would be ultra attacking ultra defensive would be an ultra defensive system but yeah more recently i've kind of tried to accommodate a narrow shape a, a pretty wide shape, so four four two. I've specifically designed a system to combat high pressing, which can be it can be a real nuisance to be honest. I mean, you, you can play through it and you can beat it, but it's it's you constantly feel under pressure playing the game. It sort of spoils the fun a little bit. So I came up with something where I could pretty much cut through that quite quickly and quite often force a few rage quits actually, which really helps when you're playing mm. high pressure players. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I've certainly uh, come around to the way of thinking that rather than, than having specifically attacking or defensive systems, you, you're much better off having some kind of breadth of, of, of shapes, really, so that, as you say, you can, uh, you can outnumber your opponent in midfield, perhaps, or you can attack down the, down the wings if you're playing against a narrow shape. I, I think that you've spoken with me before about having a three at the back system to combat the yeah, narrow systems. Think, yeah, it's always been something that I've kind of done, but I do feel like it works pretty well this year. And the the fact that you can kind of, with the game plan system now, see a narrow formation come up. So like the three, basically anything around the four, three, one, two. And even in fact, the four, three, two, one. So with the left forward and right forward, it can work against as well if they're playing quite narrow and switch to the uh, th- a three at the back quite early in the game. Um, and then you've set yourself up so your three centre-backs are covering the central space. You've got your two holding midfielders and um, you tend to find, unless they're really quality player who's using their left-back and right-back to attack a lot, and those left-back and right-back players that they have are, are really quite good. I think you do tend to dominate the opposition in terms of possession and, and the shape. It's just so much better at counteracting the, the narrow formation than your kind of standard 4 2 3 ones, etc. And uh, I really felt like with that formation, if they're better than me, then often... The, the difference, if you like, in ability would be compensated for in the in the tactical matchup, basically. And it's kind of interesting because last year I tried to do this and it kind of worked, but definitely not as well as it's worked this year. And I think partly maybe it's the way that I played it, like really using the wide positions as much as possible um, to stretch the narrow formation to make them drag their players out. And also, if you need to, switching to the 3-4-2-1 
to do that. So you've obviously then got two wide players rather than just the um, left mid, right mid, um, which works really well as well. So I, I would say what I'm trying to get at is if you can have formations ready for when you come up against formations that are kind of trickier to face in your normal formation then it will make quite a big difference um, across the course of a weekend league. For a start, the, the three at the back is just so underused this year and so effective against those narrow formations that I really feel like if you do use that against a narrow formation, you're really going to, well, your opponent's really going to struggle because they're not going to be used to that. I think you're absolutely right, Ben. Um, I, I think it's like so many other things. If, you, if you're prepared to invest the, the time that it takes to, to learn these systems, then you're going to get rewarded accordingly. The mistake, I think, would be to just set your your systems, you know, sort of preload your formations and think, okay, if I go to this, um, this will counteract what my opponent's playing and it'll be fine. You've got to have, you know, as you kind of alluded to when you were talking there, um, you've got to have some sort of plan of, of, of how you're going to actually deploy this system. You know, you've got to have some sort of idea of if you're going to go to the four four one one, you're going to try and abuse the overlaps with the fullbacks or if, if you're trying to counteract the press that you're going to play long balls up to the striker you can't just sort of switch to the system and think that it's magically going to work for you you've got to put a bit of time into getting used to it and figuring out where its strengths and weaknesses are yeah i totally agree with that and i think it's also really important of course player choice and in the three at the back if you're going to switch to a three at the back you've got to have um, players who can fill in in those roles i've had Lucas Hernandez and the inform and he's really quick so he's fine to play as like the wide left centre back or right centre back and he's left footed um, and I, one another tip I found this weekend was actually weirdly having your centre backs swapped over is sometimes quite helpful um, because people cut in and finesse so much so if you're you've got a left footed centre back like Lucas Hernandez having it let him at left centre back while well, that's good is, is fine it's good um, having him at right centre back I actually found quite good because players so often try and cut inside to take the finesse having a strong foot there to make the tackle or the block seemed to be doing better for me if that makes sense um, which No is- it's, a really, it's a really good point and I mean it's, it's a natural progression really I mean pretty much every player on the pitch now is, is inverted in the sense mm. that his, his strong foot is on the, on the wrong side so yeah, I, I like the way you're thinking there. The idea of the uh, the inverted centre back. Yeah. Nice so so that was the the like plan when I switched to that three at the back. I'd have Lucas Hernandez. I've got Lala in form, of course, and second in form, and uh, Sergio Ramos in the middle. So a very solid back three. Um, but then also you need wingers who actually do the sort of donkey work as a right mid and left left mid. And I actually use uh, Jordi Alba as the um, left mid because although he's not got you know four star skills um, he really does make great runs going forward so um, that worked quite well and on the right I'd normally I tend to actually sub in Lucas when I could um, actually sorry just Matt are you, are you still with us you I am still with <laughs> you struggling through I've been I've been noting this down don't we've, we've had to sit well I've had to sit and listen to all this market waffle I think this is only fair really <laughs> I need to learn I need to learn I think my, my best my best finish this year is gold ones so. um so obviously that's been quite big for me the three at the back formation working well I'd say when you're playing three at the back especially the three five two there's a bit of a tendency to kind of rush the play through your cam and striker and striker it's really important that you use your wide players that's kind of why you're playing the formation to, to utilize the wide positions against the narrow formation and it I personally have always had problems with the uh, three five two rushing it in the final third and I think it's actually something that I probably the biggest thing I did this weekend was 
whenever I scored, I'd keep the ball for like 10 passes. And whenever my opponent scored, I'd also keep the ball for like about 10 passes. Just getting that psychological feeling that like if they've just scored, they're not in control. On the other hand, if you've just scored, that they are not in control and they've just conceded. The amount of times that I had players, a few times, not loads, but a few players would quit when you were passing the ball around. And when I was saying passing the ball around, there's a bit of negative misconception about passing the ball around, especially with your defenders. But with players like Sergio Ramos, with Lucas Hernandez, they can pass the ball really well. I was able to play the ball around. They'd try and press because I'd just scored, for example. I'd maybe manage to pass it through a few players who used a bit of a lob pass to get out or whatever. And often I'd pass it in my defence a bit and you'd find that you score because your opponent's frustrated and it makes things easier. And I, I think it sounds like such a simple thing. And I know people might think, oh, well, I do try that. But seriously, like, just set it as a rule. Like, say, okay, every game I play, whenever I get the ball back after I've scored or they've scored, your instinct shouldn't be to try and abuse the kickoff glitch because keep the ball and frustrate your opponent. And the psychological damage that it will do is worth so much more than the kickoff goal that you might have scored, if that makes sense. I think that's great advice for the uh, for the more advanced players, perhaps. But I think that probably a lot of people... At the lower ends of the game, um, me. I, I think they'll be. <laughs> I think I think they'll be sitting there, kind of screaming at the tablet or phone or what have you. Well, you know, it's all good and well, Ben saying this, but as soon as I've scored a goal, I, I face this high pressure. I've got three players running at me all the time, and I can't pass it. So, you know, how am I meant to do that? Well, that's interesting because you do have quite a good tactic, don't you, for for high press that you've been using. Yeah, I do. Yeah, um, nice link. I didn't intend that, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I found that the, the 4-4-2-2 is, is pretty effective at this. And what I've... Well, to, to give the sort of full background, at the start of FIFA 19, I had this idea that maybe um, if, if I was going to create any kind of real-life custom tactic, one that would have been effective would have been something akin to, to Leicester City's um, title-winning tactic, which which effectively involved fast build up and getting it forward to Vardy as quickly as possible or Mares. Um, so they'd sit back, they'd soak up the pressure, and then boom, 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 three or four passes, Vardy's in, and uh, it's one nil. So that's something that I looked at early on, and I shelved it. Um, but it's something that I've come back to recently when trying to find a way through the constant pressure. The thing that you've got to avoid when you're facing constant pressure is giving the ball away centrally. That's that's the cardinal sin. If, if you do that, play's going to come back at you far too quickly, your defenders won't be able to reposition, and you're likely to concede a goal-scoring opportunity within, within seconds of, of turning the ball over. Mm. So what you really need to be doing is pumping it clear to the wings. And one of the things that you can really exploit when you come up against somebody who's playing constant pressure is that they're often left with just two centre-backs defending and everybody else is pushed forward into your half. So when you pump the ball out to a winger, and this is particularly effective if you're, if you're talking about one of the, the bigger, more physical wingers, your Gareth Bales or um, your, your Perisic's, that type of player, once you get it up to the winger, you'll find that your, uh, your strikers make a run and you'll often end up with at least a three-on-two breakaway, or often a four-on-two breakaway. Mm. But the important thing here as well is to, to make sure that you've got enough bodies back 
to be able to absorb the pressure. Mm. So because because your opponent's being very aggressive and pushing everybody into your half, you need to get into your player instructions. You need to set your strikers to come back on defence. You need to set your, your wingers to come back on defence. You basically want to pack your half with as many players as you can. And then when you get the ball, it's just a case of flipping it up. Often the most the most useful pass is the um, the driven through ball, not the driven through ball, the lobbed through ball. Not only are you kind of relieving the pressure, you're also giving yourself that chance that if I do win this header, then I'm going to have a three on two, a four on two, and my odds of scoring are increased dramatically. Mm. And when you do that and you're successful two or three times and your opponent gets the idea, hang on, he's on to me. He knows how to how to deal with this. Then you'll find that the amount of rage quits you get against these players, once they're found out, it, it makes it much easier and they just tend to sort of go away and drift off. Mm. I'm, I'm hearing Steve talk about all the people rage quitting and drifting off and I'm just like, yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> 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 I'll be honest. It's it's very effective, and it, it is, it's it's, it is. it's a real it's it's a I mean I I was driven to to work on this and come up with some sort of plan because you know I'm the same as everybody else I play the game and I come up against problems and you think oh god this isn't fun so so you try and design some way out of it mm. I think that's for, what, for me I mean obviously like I I'm sitting here noting all this down trust me um, but I think the biggest problem for me during weekend league specifically is I'll go on like. A 10 11 game win streak okay i'll be like 15 and 0 whatever i was actually i think i was 13 and 0 a couple of weekends ago i lose one game and then it just crumbles you know it's that it's that you know it's that choke people speak of you know that, that dreaded choke that everyone everyone gets you know on the you know the saturday evening or the sunday morning whatever when they they've had really good records and they end up losing like eight games in a row uh, I just don't understand it. You know, I'm, I could be playing the best FIFA in the world, or by my standards anyway, you know, gold too much and over here. I'll lose one game and then I'll end up, you know, choking six, seven, eight games in a row. And that's mm. something that I can't avoid, regardless of how much I concentrate, how much I, you know, try and replicate what I was doing before. Um, what I'd suggest, Matt, or what I'd question is whether you're playing great FIFA. I mean, or whether you're playing against people who aren't who aren't great at FIFA, if you see what I mean. That's because true. That is true. Quite often, you'll you'll find that you your ELO is at a certain level, and yeah. you'll meet a set of opponents who aren't possibly the best players in the world. Yep. That's and you true. get into a kind of groove playing these players at, at a certain level. Potentially. And potentially. I mean, when 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 your ELO kicks in and you you meet an opponent who's a who's a bit better player. You've kind of slipped into a, a complacent th- mindset. Yeah, I think for me, the only issue is, like, I get your point about the yellow, makes perfect sense. But I could be doing great until I lose a game, and then it just sort of, it's like a, a, like a, like a switch has flipped, and now I'm just instantly coming across better players. That's what it feels like. I don't mm. know. It's, it's really weird. I could, like. It may well be the case, for all we know, that that's exactly what's happening. Maybe. And that's where you've just got to well, up your game a bit maybe, because you're, you're meeting the. The tougher players. Maybe. Well, if you if you read the pitch notes about how weekendly works, that the, there is form, and your form increases. It'll go up to I think a maximum of fifteen. So if you win yeah. thirteen games, your form's plus thirteen, um, mm. and the maximum form that you can actually have is fifteen. So therefore, well, you you'd be you could probably come up against someone who who has twenty five wins at that point because well, their form's going to be fifteen, yours is going to be thirteen, and mm. I think thinking about the way form works, finally knowing it this year has been a positive for me because I think. Oh, I'm playing this guy when I'm like, I don't know, 
15 and 1 at some point this weekend. Perhaps it helped actually that I lost around the seventh game. And it kind of took a little bit of the pressure off of thinking, oh, I'm unbeaten, you know. So I got to that point of being 15 and 1 and I faced someone who was really quite good. And I thought, fair enough, you know, like he's beaten me. We kind of move on. And, and I think knowing that, well, that's reduced my form slightly. I need to think, well, this isn't the end of the world. Like it's still a good weekend. Even if I lose this next game, resets your psychology a bit. And you're like, well, mm. I've done well enough already. You know, let's just see how the next game goes. If I lose that yeah. as well. It's easy to get kind of caught into thinking, oh no, this is the beginning of the slide. And this is the, the point at which... It's, it's that whole- obviously, Ben, sorry, Matt. Um, what, what you're saying is correct, obviously, theoretically. But I mean, it, it may just be the case that you would say you're 15 and 2 and you happen to be matched up with somebody else who's, let's say, for argument's sake, 15 and 2. Um, yep. But there's no way of knowing that that player who's 15 and 2 is not a pro player who's dropped mm-hmm. a couple of games yep. for some ridiculous reason and is about to go on a, a 12, 13 game tear, you know, and yeah, yeah. finish with a great rank, you know. So totally it, take your point, but it doesn't eliminate the possibility that you're going to come up against somebody who's who's well beyond your, your skill rating, if yeah. you like. It, it could also, it could also mm. just be like a placebo effect. You know, you mm. lose one game, you think, oh, it's all going to pot and then you just nah, you, sure. you, you don't play the same as you were before um i'm probably guilty of that you know one of my uh, ps4 controllers now sounds like a uh, sounds like a maraca when i uh, <laughs> when i shake it you know there we go <laughs> a little, little snippet for you guys in the podcast there yeah, nice. okay. that's what fifa weekend league draws us to sometimes. <laughs> actually the, going back to sort of techniques that i wanted to point out to people which are fairly kind of simple and you can do yourselves um, no matter what level you are is changing your camera um a lot of people forget about this but if you zoom out and use the co-op camera oh actually wait i'm saying zoom out but use the co-op camera and zoom in i'd say um Mm. it gets you like a really good view of the pitch and you're talking about switching across the pitch or passing it from say the right back to left back or something yep doing that on on a co-op camera makes such a difference because you can see both players quite clearly where they're marked um the movement of the players etc and i've got to be honest for about i'd say 20 30 games i wasn't sure i liked it and I think in the past I've tried to do it and thought, mm, not for me. But actually, I think just stick with it and, and see what you can do because it really has, it just opens up the passing. You can see the shape of your opponent's team. And against narrow teams, I just thought, I, it sounds like a bit cynical, but I just found it really fun, like doing a uh, a sort of lobbed pass between your right back and left back and watching them realise they don't actually have a player who can press there. Yeah. It's, it's essentially their strikers have to do it and that is even better with the driven pass actually ben because it, it gets it over there much more quickly yeah, yeah. and then you really do see them panic and it, they just can't get to the ball like the yeah. and, and that either forces them to stop playing a stupid narrow formation no offense to people who play stupid narrow formations, um which i know many people do or press you out wide and that means you're they're opening up space in the center so um stuff like that just think about the game like and I think this is something that Foot Economist actually tweeted about not so long ago. It's like, just concentrate on the game. Think about what you're doing. Stop thinking about whether that decision has gone against you or et cetera, et cetera. If you want, Absolutely. To, if you want to be good at the game, and this is, it sounds silly to say it because I'm sure everyone knows, and I know that, but often I've been myself completely in a situation where I'm thinking about the decision that, just went against me or the game that I just lost in the last minute when if you want to be a good sports person 
if you want which is essentially what you're kind of having to do here or have that brain or have that mindset you kind of have to just forget about it and think what am i doing now to beat this opponent that's in front of me how can i get Definitely. how can i get to them i mean you're effectively making yourself both the, the coach and the player by doing that because I would definitely endorse what you're saying. If you're going to play a more tactical game, the co-op camera is by far the best camera angle to use. Mm. Um, if you look at actual real-life football clubs, the, the coaches will always refer to tape of a match uh, that's that's been shot from high up in the stands. You mm. know, they're not at a sort of pitch level view all the time. That's that's the angle that they look at. It's called the tactical camera. That's the angle that they use to to get an overview of what's actually happening. So if you're going to try and switch formations to take advantage of your, of your opponent definitely switch to co-op i just want to add as well that um i'm not suggesting that you should play the driven pass from one right back to a to a left back i meant the driven lob pass i don't want people just hitting <laughs> hitting, <laughs> hitting driven passes on the ground from left Hospital back to right back and, yeah exactly ball, yeah. Um, don't do that kids yeah. no, and that's good. um that's rb r1 x or square right yeah that's right. right yeah and then the lobbed one is the other side basically it takes a little bit longer to get over there. It's not quite as effective against the press. Um, mm. I'd, I'd definitely recommend trying the driven lob pass for that. Yeah, yeah. Right then, Ben. So it's been an interesting conversation about how you uh, got your uh, Elite 3 finish. But the most important question from uh, Team of the Week 9, who are you going to pick in those player picks? I know you said you had that, uh, was it the League SBC Memphis to find? <laughs> so um, in before you get the 85 uh, in form in your player picks. Of course picks. it's going to happen, isn't it? Last year I had monthlies... Salah was my best pull of the year, but I had the one to watch untradeable anyway. So I think I'm definitely going to get that to high. And also, obviously, it's elite as well. And I've got to say, I don't think this is the best week. Um, or at least personally, I don't think it's the best week. It's quite good. You get, I think, three picks from five players for elite. So it's yes. kind of likely they'll get someone all right. But I think the chances, I mean, if you think about it, it's, there's still so many low rated cards in there, um, to yes. get. Um, yeah. And the top players in this team are not quite as desirable as perhaps their you know overall rating suggests like Cavani I'm not sure about him personally not a big fan obviously three star three star David Silva yeah and then Royce yeah he does look good like I I would he's, he's definitely the player that I probably want most I think out of this team but Thomas Partey looks looks really solid as well I know Steve he's someone very you're good. looking at and, and Matt he's probably someone who could I don't know hold his value a bit but be like a reasonable reasonable price card yeah, for sure. I mean, the good thing is, as a defensive mid in La Liga, there's not really too many like great mm. options. I think Jamie was actually talking about it on it might be on Nick's video. Um, they were talking about uh, Thomas Party, but I think you know, apart from maybe like the scream Sergio Busquets and maybe like Casemiro, mm. and there's not really a lot of top Kondogbia's tier. Like the the low rate, the sort of cheaper one, isn't he? Yeah. But he he's got yeah, Casemiro is not great. Yeah, Casemiro is too yeah. slow, really. I think, but. You look at Thomas Party. He's got obviously that link to the um, inform Lucas Hernandez, which people love to use. Um, so I think he's going to be quite a nice little look as an investment. I also like that uh, little eighty-four Robertson at left back. You know, he's probably going to be the best uh, BPL left back for a while. Um, links to Fabinho, which is I think he is statistically the most used player in FIFA Ultimate Team this year. So that's obviously going to be a big one. Obviously, the Van Dyke as well link into that. So they're probably my two standout picks at the moment. I have to obviously see where the prices go to. Mm. But I like yeah, them. I like those guys as well. I think Chesney could be a decent option, as yeah. you may know. If you put glove on a player with those stats, they actually get 
maxed out diving, handling, and positioning. So that and 89 reflexes on a guy who's like six foot four or five, I think it's quite a nice option. There aren't that many good goalkeepers in Garcia either, uh, Serie A even. And uh, yeah, Steve, who, who do you like? Um, the only player that I'd really be that interested in would probably be Partey. It's a pretty uninspiring selection again, probably for the second week on the bounce. Mm. Players like Andre Almeida, the, the Portuguese right back, um, slap a shadow on him at right back, and he's going to get up to a whopping seventy-nine sprint speed. <laughs> not really sure. Not really sure what the point of that is. Really, there seems to be a lot of um, a lot of SBC fodder in preparation for Black yes, Friday SBCs, that's... perhaps. That's a that's a key thing. You know, you look in here, you've probably got what about six or seven, maybe even more, like discard eighty one or eighty two rated players. Yeah. You know, obviously they want to supply these cards because we're likely to get a team of the week ten SBC, um, which will require informs. Supply them this week. In preparation for next week wouldn't be a bad idea, so I can see why they've done that. Um yeah, was... you know, and that makes all of the discard informs a good look. I was gonna say uh, it's actually Andre Almeida looks like a really good shout for like a team of the week pickup because he'll presumably be really cheap he's not very usable but he's an 82 rated right back yeah you look at the look at the likes of uh, like Danilo Pereira and Pizzi mm. and, you know th- those kinds of cards yep I like that and sure. Rami as well I think also could be a decent option in that sense yes as, as the 84 you know French is always mm. that's the best way and to Marseille, go and there are some um, high rated cards there aren't yeah. there so It'll be a it'll be a nice little look for like for SBC investing, mm. um, which is is good really because we don't really want a lot of higher tier investments this week with you know a big potential crash incoming. So it would be nice to you know get these cards in for sort of around the discard mark and sort of like the low end eighty four inform mark, mm. um, sort of in preparation for SBCs next week. Yep. So in that regard, it looks like a pretty nice team of the week in terms of usable players. Mm. It no, <laughs> there's a lot of these cards that aren't worth discard. <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible team of the yeah. week. The truth be told, Elshar, you know, not what he was once. Yeah. And I was looking at his card. He's got like terrible reactions and composure. And you're like, he would almost be an interesting card to le- to use for that reason, just to kind of see like how. He yeah, went. I like how he went from five star skills, five star weak foot in yeah. FIFA 12, and now he's got a two star weak foot. Yeah. Is he just, he just one of his legs just yeah, chopped yeah. off? Like. <laughs> I was actually thinking this would be like quite a short trading bit of gameplay, Bosch done. But what a pod this has been! A real epic of the podcast, uh, Foot Weekly podcast. <laughs> epic is the word. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks very much, Matt, for struggling through some uh, serious gameplay discussion there. That's all right. I learned a lot. Okay. I'm expecting elite one finishes this weekend. <laughs> no, I mean thanks also for your trading insights. It's been really interesting to chat about Black Friday uh, and all that. That's all right, mate. A pleasure as always. Yeah, pleasure as always. And Steve. Thanks for um, vindicating my tactical decisions on the weekend. Absolutely. I, I've learned quite a lot from you, Ben, today. Um, it's been an interesting pod, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. And um, I meant to go back to this, but you chose to mention um, about your Black Friday uh, advice you got from Matt during the break, but you didn't mention your chickens. There has been a bit of chicken action, yeah. yeah. Um, the sun set during the recording of the podcast, and obviously that's prime time for foxes to be on the prowl, so... Mm. Uh, Yep, the chickens were closed away for the night during the actual live recording of this podcast. And as the sun sets on uh, Steve's chickens, it also sets on this podcast. So, oh, so smooth! What a, what a wonderful that. segue that is. That's why we. That's why we pay it. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us this week, listeners, and we'll see you very soon. 
two things I noticed going back through the podcast. One of the things is, I think we briefly mentioned talking about the new patch. We were going to mention it briefly and just say that we haven't really played it enough to really make a comment on it, so we'll do that next week. But the other thing is, Ben, where's that Dynamite discard you promised at some point during this podcast and hinted about on Twitter? I completely forgot to do the Dynamite discard, so quickly, here it is. It is Luis Muriel. Um, Yeah, Colombian plays in La Liga. He's a striker. Um, He's actually someone I've been playing at centre mid, then switching to right mid, and um, I've been really, really impressed with. If you look at him with the engine, he's actually got really solid, um, well, I say solid, he's got top-tier dribbling. He's got like 95 uh, actual dribbling, 90 agility, 90 balance. He's got 80 strength. Uh, His finishing is much better than his stats suggest, and he can take a really good power shot, though that's why I've been playing him on the right. He's got four-star skills, four-star weak foot. He's got really good positioning, I guess. He makes runs in behind and uh, feels a, a really, really solid player if you're looking for a budget option. And yeah, considering he managed to obviously get the Elite 3 finish um, with Muriel at right wing, obviously swapping him or right mid, obviously swapping him because his stamina isn't great, um, you know, quite early on in the second half. But he really was a player people underestimated, so I'd, I'd definitely recommend him if you're looking for a player to play out wide. I tried in Arky Williams, I'd say Muriel was better for me. And I think that is the end, finally, of this week's podcast. Just a quick reminder, we are helping to support Calm, which is the campaign against living miserably. If you're finding things tough, do go to thecalmzone.net for help, support, or just the chat. See you very soon. Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.